Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Good morning everybody, I'm Steve and I'd like to welcome you all to today's Coach House Beacon. Well, it's been very warm recently, hasn't it? Warm weather seems to divide us into two camps. Those who like it hot and those who don't. I have to say that I'm in the latter group. Hot weather really slows me down and I can't get anything done. As I write this beacon, it's 28 degrees in my house. So it's a miracle that I'm even writing anything at all. Now there's one topic that always seems to come up during times of hot weather and that is global warming. Global warming seems to get blamed for any type of weather that is anything other than bland. Sadly we've seen some terrible natural events recently including flooding in Germany and a heatwave in Canada and America. Our hearts go out to those people who've lost loved ones in these terrible tragedies but are we right to blame ourselves for these events, or is it just part of the natural world? When God created the world around six and a half thousand years ago, the Bible tells us that it was very good. It was created perfectly. It was in balance, and it was designed to function for all eternity. Unfortunately, man came along and made a mess of it. So, I suppose in that sense, it is our fault, but that isn't what's being taught to us by the scientists and the philosophers of this age. Scientists are teaching us that we have created a lot of carbon dioxide gas and that it is this gas that is making the world warm up. It is certainly true that we're burning stuff faster than ever, so to most people it would seem logical that if the scientists say that this is the problem, then it must be true, right? Now, what's often forgotten in this discussion is that it was a lot warmer during the medieval period. Crops grew more strongly, and even grapes were grown widely throughout England. This wasn't the only time that this had happened either. It was warm in the years just before Jesus was born. Now, at neither of these times were we producing so much of the so-called greenhouse gases. So maybe it isn't the gas that's causing the problem. I expect that some of you who are a little bit older will remember that in the 1970s all the scientists were telling us that we were on the verge of a mini ice age. We were all going to freeze. They were just as convinced of that back then as they are about the warming just now. How can there be so two such extremes so close together? At the heart of all these issues is the environmental lobby. People who appear to have the best interests of our planet at heart, they appear to want to do the right things. And it's hard to argue against looking after what we have and placing a value on the nature around us. But is this always right? You see... Fundamentally, the problem here is the viewpoint that the environmentalists are coming from. They see the Earth as Mother Earth, the source of all our well-being, the one who gave birth to us. 
Unfortunately, this is a complete opposite of what we as Christians believe. God is our father, not a mother, and the earth was made by him for us. We were not made by the earth. Psalm 24 opens with the line, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The beginning of the book of Genesis tells us in great detail exactly how God made the earth and also why. God made the earth as a place for us to live. And did this life come with any instructions? Well, yes, of course it did. Firstly, God gave man dominion over the earth. Dominion means mastery and to rule over, but also to care for. God's very first instructions included the command to look after the earth that he had created. Remember, the earth is the Lord's. The Apostle Paul reminded us in his second letter to the Corinthian church that whatever the circumstance, our goal is to please him. So how should we respond to this challenge? Should we strive to keep everything exactly as it is? Or should we take a more balanced approach? Well, right away, shortly after Adam and Eve had sinned, God told them that they would have to work the land. Clearly, God expected them to make changes. And the reason for this was to glorify him. Abel could not have made the sacrifice he did without making changes to the way the land was used. Ecclesiastes tells us, There is a time to sow and a time to reap, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. God expects us to take a balanced approach to the way we look after his world. So, more than having dominion over the earth, we are expected to be good stewards of the resource God has lent us. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus tells us a parable about three stewards. Each was given a sum of money. They all had different amounts, but the expectation was the same. They were not expected to keep the asset in exactly the same condition that they were given it. They were expected to grow the asset. When the master returned, he was pleased with the two stewards that had gained extra for him, but was very angry with the third steward, even though he returned the master's asset in exactly the same condition as he was given it. So, keeping the earth preserved as it is, is not God's plan. God expects us to make use of the asset and to improve it to his glory. One final point to consider is this. The life of this earth is limited. Jesus has told us that he is coming back, after which the earth will be destroyed. The earth has a finite life, so there is no point in worrying about whether we can preserve the earth forever, as that would be pointless. When you're thinking about selling your car for a new one, you don't do expensive maintenance on it just before you sell it. So how should we respond to this? Should we stop recycling, forget about trying to use less water, or trying to drive less? Should we stop trying to eat less meat? Probably not. 
And there are two reasons for this. First, God hates waste. We should make an effort to keep the earth tidy whilst we're here. But also, if as Christians we are seen to be wasteful, that isn't a good witness. We can always testify that we're looking after someone else's estate. Should we worry about these things or campaign against anything that appears damaging? Well, in this case, no. We need to keep things in perspective. The viewpoint of the environmental lobby idolises the earth. They see it as a wonderful system, which it is, but in doing so, they worship the created rather than the creator. Going back to Psalm 24, remember, the earth is the Lord's. But the psalmist also asks, who may stand in his holy place? What he's asking us here is, who may be in the presence of Jesus for all eternity? And the answer in the psalm is, only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols. A pure heart worships God alone and does not idolise anything that God has created, especially the earth itself. So whether God has given you much or little, remember that God expects you to be a good steward and to use the resources that you have been given for his glory alone. Coach House Beacons, the Coach House Church Daily Devotional. To find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram or on our website at www.coachhousechurch.org.